Hi everyone, welcome back to the Logical Bible Study Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. We are continuing in the Gospel of John today. Uh, The lectionary reading for today is from John chapter 7, verse 40 to 52. And here's what that reading says. Several people who had been listening to Jesus said, Surely he must be a prophet. And some said, He is the Christ. But others said, Would the Christ be from Galilee? Does not Scripture say that the Christ must be descended from David and come from the town of Bethlehem? So the people could not agree about him. Some would have liked to arrest him, but no one actually laid hands on him. The police went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, Why haven't you brought him? The police replied, There has never been anybody who has spoken like him. So the Pharisees answered, You have been led astray as well. Have any of the authorities believed in him? Any of the Pharisees? This rabble knows nothing about the law. They are damned. One of them, Nicodemus, the same man who had come to Jesus earlier, said to them, But surely the law does not allow us to pass judgment on a man without giving him a hearing and discovering what he is about. To this they answered, Are you a Galilean too? Go into the matter and see for yourself. Prophets do not come out of Galilee. So that's our passage for today, continuing in the Gospel of John. And like a lot of other passages around this middle part of the Gospel of John, it's about Jesus' identity. Where does Jesus come from? What do people think about his identity? Just before this, Jesus has gone up to Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles, and there's been lots of discussion about whether he's the Messiah. Some people think he is, some people think he's not the Messiah. The crowds are finding his teachings quite confusing, and that's why they can't make up their mind about him. But they can't deny his miracles. They're amazed at his miracles. So verse 40, we see that several people who have been listening to Jesus say, surely he must be a prophet. So they know because Jesus is doing these amazing miracles, much like Elijah was able to, the great prophet, and his teachings speak directly to God's people as well. And they do seem to be um, telling people about God. So they, they think he's a prophet. Um, Other translations actually have this, rather than surely he must be a prophet, they have it as this must be the prophet. So what do they mean by the prophet, if this is the right translation? Well, Moses predicts that one day a great prophet would arise. This is particularly in the book of Numbers and Deuteronomy. Moses said one day a great prophet God will raise up and him you will listen to. And so the Jews at the time of Jesus were awaiting this great prophet who would be like Moses. Now, as Christians, we believe that great prophet was, in fact, Jesus. But he was more than just that, of course. Verse 41, another group in the crowd thinks he's not just a prophet. They say he is the Christ. So this is really interesting. Often we might get this perspective that no one believed Jesus was the Messiah. He was universally rejected. It's not true. There were some in the crowd who believed that he was the Messiah, the one they've been waiting for. But then there's this other group that doesn't agree with them. They don't think he's the Messiah. And this is their reasoning. They say, would the Christ, which is Messiah, be from Galilee? Does not scripture say that the Christ must be descended from David and come from the town of Bethlehem? 
So this group of people is onto something. So they're right and wrong at the same time. So this group of people correctly perceive that the scripture prophesies that the Messiah would come from Bethlehem. And that is attested to in Micah chapter 5. It specifically says the Messiah will come from Bethlehem. Bethlehem is in Judea. Uh, Sorry. um, Yes, Bethlehem is in Judea, which is near Jerusalem. It's not in Galilee. And that's where Jesus is from. So they're confused because they know that Jesus came from Galilee, not from Bethlehem. But they don't realize that Jesus was in fact born in Bethlehem. They don't know that because Jesus apparently never talks about being born in Bethlehem. He doesn't go around saying, by the way, I'm really from Bethlehem. And he probably does that deliberately. Jesus doesn't want things to get too out of hand too quickly. And he knows that if he goes around telling people that he's from Bethlehem, they might work out too quickly that he's the Messiah. They'll try and take him as the king, which is what they do in one place, actually. And Jesus wants to avoid that. So Jesus tends to not talk about the fact that he's from Bethlehem. Verse 43, so the people could not agree about him. There's one group of Jews who think he's the Messiah. There's one group who think he's not the Messiah. And in a way, this is quite similar to the conflict that the Christians and Jews have today about, is Jesus the Messiah? They can't agree about it. Verse 44, some would even have liked to arrest him, but no one actually laid hands on him. So some of the crowd would have wanted to get rid of him much like the Pharisees, but they're not able to lay hands on him. If you've read the Gospel of John up to this point, you'll know that uh, we know the explanation as to why people can't lay their hands on him. And it's because Jesus' time had not yet come. John's Gospel explicitly says that's the reason people can't touch him. So God is providentially protecting Jesus from being arrested too early. So people can't uh, arrest Jesus even if they wanted to. Verse 45, we're now introduced to what our lectionary calls the police. A better translation of that is the officers. So this is a group of Jews who work as the law enforcers for the chief priests. So whenever the chief priests or the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem wanted to arrest someone, they would send out these officers to go and arrest them. So the officers come back having not arrested Jesus and the Pharisees say to them, why haven't you brought him? And this is their reply. The police say there has never been anybody who has spoken like him. So these officers have heard Jesus' teachings and they realize he must be from God. So they're not going to arrest him. So they, the officers, like many in the crowds, are amazed by him. And they're saying, we're not going to arrest this man. He seems like he's from God. And that's quite striking. The messengers that the Pharisees sent to go and get Jesus, even they know that there's something special about him. It seems like it's only the Pharisees which are blinded. And that's a reminder to all of us that um, even being in positions of religious authority doesn't guarantee that we're genuinely open to God's spirit. Verse um, 47, they, they say to him, have you been deceived also? So they say this to the police officers. And the word there for deceived implies false prophecy. So they basically say Jesus is a false prophet. You're being led astray by this false prophet. And then they say, have any of the authorities believed in him? Any of the Pharisees? And the answer is no. So the Pharisees are basically saying, we are the Jewish authorities and we don't believe in him. You work for us, so you shouldn't believe in him him either. And then the Pharisees get really angry. So they say, this rabble 
or other translations have it as the crowds, so they start to get angry at the crowds now, they say, this rabble knows nothing about the law. So out of frustration that the crowds are beginning to believe in Jesus, the Pharisees proclaim that the crowds are ignorant of the law. And in fact, they go further. They say, these people are damned or accursed. So that's quite strong language from the Pharisees. They're getting frustrated with the people because the people are starting to accept Jesus as the Messiah. And they basically proclaim these people to be damned as a result. Verse 50, one of them, now this is important, this phrase, one of them. So we, often we get this picture that all the Pharisees thought the same about Jesus. And that, in fact, the Pharisees themselves thought that. They thought that they all had the same view. But here we have an example of at least one Pharisee who does believe in Jesus. And his name is Nicodemus, the same man who had come to Jesus earlier. So that's Nicodemus from John chapter 3, who comes to Jesus by night. And Jesus tells him that you must be born again. That's that famous discourse, which leads into um, John 3.16. The famous passage, God gave his only son, etc. So it was Nicodemus who got to hear that speech. So he, he pipes up at this point because he thinks his fellow Pharisees are wrong here about Jesus. He, uh, Nicodemus believes Jesus is sent from God. So Nicodemus here says to the Pharisees, But surely the law does not allow us to pass judgment on a man without giving him a hearing and discovering what he's about. So the law, the Torah, and particularly in Deuteronomy chapter 19, says that if a man is accused of something, he must be given a chance to be heard in court. And Nicodemus notices that the Pharisees are pretty much ignoring this law of the Torah, and they're relying too much on rumor and their own ideas rather than actually letting Jesus speak in a trial. And he wants to ensure that Jesus is protected and is given a say. They don't listen to him, though, because in verse 52, they say back to Nicodemus, are you a Galilean too? So which seems to mean, are you one of his ignorant followers too? So here the Pharisees are contrasting their high status as the Pharisees of Jerusalem with the peasant life of the Galileans. So they really see themselves as above the people. And anyone who accepts that Jesus is the Messiah is as bad as these peasants from Galilee. So they then tell Nicodemus, go into the matter or search out the matter and see for yourself. Prophets do not come out of Galilee. So the Pharisees tell Nicodemus to go away and read his Old Testament. They believe that if you study the Old Testament, you'll discover that prophets do not come out of Galilee. Now, that's a bit of a strange belief because the Old Testament doesn't say that there wouldn't be any prophets from Galilee. It's true that there's not many prophets from Galilee, but if they knew their scriptures, which they should because they're the Pharisees, but apparently they don't, they should know that there is at least one prophet in the Old Testament who does come from Galilee, and that's Jonah. If you look at 2 Kings chapter 14, verse 25, it specifically says Jonah is from Galilee. And some scholars would say the prophet Nahum may also be from Galilee because his name appears to be derived from Capernaum, which is part of Galilee as well. So they're just flat out wrong on this one. A prophet can come from Galilee, but it's sort of just their reflex response um, when they're challenged by Nicodemus. Now, if you look at your Bible, you'll probably see that there is actually a verse 53 here. Now, verse 53 is very straightforward. It just says, they each went to his own house. 
So it's like everyone went home. Uh, now that's not in our lectionary and actually some manuscripts don't have this verse at all. And it appears to be actually part of the next story. So the next story at the start of John chapter 8 is the woman caught in adultery. Now that story it also does not appear in some manuscripts. So it looks like this verse 53 sort of starts that next story. If you want to hear the, the complicated theories as to uh, whether this story was in the original, have a look at the start of John chapter 8. And you can hear that on Monday of week 5 of Lent and also the fifth Sunday of Lent in year C. So overall in this passage, we see that once again, the Pharisees are blinded by their presuppositions. They say, he can't be the Messiah, he's not from, he's not from Bethlehem, or um, he's from Galilee, and no prophet comes from Galilee. So they have all these presuppositions, and as a result, they don't perceive Jesus' true identity as the Son sent by the Father. So, where does this appear in the Catechism? It gets a couple of brief references. Paragraph 575, which is one you've probably heard quite a bit in the last few weeks, says many of Jesus' deeds and words constituted a sign of contradiction, but more so for the religious authorities in Jerusalem, whom the Gospel, according to John, often simply calls the Jews, than for the ordinary people of God. And it goes on from there, and it references this interaction in John chapter 7 as an example of Jesus' words being a sign of contradiction against the Jewish leaders. Paragraph 595, which is, addresses the topic specifically of divisions amongst the Jewish authorities concerning Jesus. It says, amongst the religious authorities of Jerusalem, not only were the Pharisee Nicodemus and the prominent Joseph of Arimathea, both secret disciples of Jesus, but there was also a long-standing dissension about him, so much that St. John says of these authorities on the very eve of Christ's passion, many believed in him, though very imperfectly. So here the Catechism references this historical fact that the Jews could not agree on whether Jesus was the Messiah, even up till the night of his death. So that's the end of today's podcast. If you learnt something new, as we all do every time we go into the Gospel of John, really, because there's so much richness in there when you dive into it. If you think there's others who would benefit from hearing this podcast, I would love it if you could share it with them. Please also consider leaving a rating on iTunes. Uh, the more five-star ratings I can get on iTunes, then uh, the iTunes algorithm is more likely to show this podcast to people who are looking for a Catholic podcast on the Bible. Thanks again, and we'll see you tomorrow.